your host over here, Bruna, and I got a special invitation for you. Join me and the Changemakers in the No More Boxes movement, where we are raising awareness towards this limiting and isolating behavior that we human beings are constantly doing, placing ourselves and others into boxes, invisible boxes that so often are not really serving humankind. All you have to do is to go to patreon.com forward slash no more boxes and for as little as $3 a month, you can become a change maker and be with us on that journey, changing the world. Now let's get on with that podcast. You're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast, where we share tips, insight, tools, and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, folks. Bruna here. Today's guest is no other than Jennifer Longmore. She is the leading authority on soul purpose. Oh, yeah. And elite <laughs> business coach to enlighten entrepreneurs. She's a sought after media personality, a three time best selling author. And she's also a world renowned for her laser like clarity and in seeing into the depths of your soul and bridging your connection to universal consciousness. Welcome, Jennifer, to the Chainsmakers podcast. I can't wait to hear your story and hear your insights on soul journey and how we can go from really being who we are, finding our souls and being probably on the path, continue on the path. I think somehow when I'm saying this, just right now and here now, I'm thinking, isn't it true that you can feel that at one point in your life you're on your soul path and then something happens and you, you lose that track? Or how is it? And welcome, by the way. Wow, I'm all over the place. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm excited to dive right in. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. So yeah, the whole purpose thing is one of those weird discussions in that, is it really possible to ever leave our path? Even yeah. if we're not moving, are we still on the path? Are we just sitting there cross-legged, maybe having a temper tantrum, maybe have, having our hands in our ears saying, la, 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 I can't hear what's next. Yeah. We don't always have to be running a marathon. And in fact, I see a lot of people feeling the pressure of rushing towards their purpose or pushing their purpose forward even more quickly because we have this thing where we feel like we're running out of time. That's why so many people are eager to find out their purpose and find out the next layer of their purpose because we all want to know that our life matters and it has meaning and we know that purpose is really the conduit for that. And if we feel like we're not doing everything we can to make our lives richer and make other people's lives richer, we're feeling this need to race all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like a happy pill. I don't want to do anything to become happy. Just give me the pill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then the other thing we do is we distract ourselves and we don't even know we're doing it. So it's very unconscious. But some people, in an effort to feel purposeful, will gain weight so that their purpose is to lose weight or they will date someone that's just, I call them stray animals. Like they're very cute, but they've got a lot, they need a lot of loving. 
<laughs> to step into their potential. Yeah. We're very good at, as humans at, at dating people's potential because we turn it into a project. So we feel purposeful that we're helping fluff up someone else's wings or we create debt because then it becomes our purpose to dig ourselves out of debt. So there's things that we don't do that we don't even realize we're doing to give ourselves a feeling of being purposeful because we do have a deep desire for it. That is so amazing. So we, in order to find purpose, we get ourselves into all sorts of shitty problems, making that our purpose to get out of the problems. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And it's very unintentional. Ah. You know, if you said that to someone, they'd be yeah. like, no, I, I know that's not my purpose. And yet it's something they sink their teeth into and it becomes very purposeful. And they focus all of their energy on that. When if they just allowed themselves to live the actual purpose that they already know is their purpose, because we all on some level know, I've had so many readings with people over the years who already know what their purpose is. It's not about whether we know what it is, it's whether we're willing to build the confidence and the perseverance and the dedication to living it, even when it's temporarily inconvenient. And yeah, I mean, confidence, definitely having courage to do something that is maybe different than mm. what your peer group is doing or what your family has been doing or what your community, the society that you live in is doing. Will I be accepted if I actually go ahead and follow that? That already know is there. Mm, that is really, mm -hmm. that is so, tell me, I'm curious, Jennifer, how did you, I mean, how does this whole soul journey How does that happen for you? How did you find out this was your gift? <laughs> well, I was just thinking before you asked that, that when I started my business, I had so many people saying to me, you're so brave. It must take so much courage for you to do this. And to me, looking back, I guess it did. But at the time, I just thought, well, this is me. I'm just being me. I can't even help but do this. This is who I am. It's in my bones. I need to do this. So I grew up in a very spiritual awake household and my grandfather was a psychic medium he solved crimes with the police and that's just this is how we spoke and in, in at home and then I went to school and learned very quickly that people get very uncomfortable around this kind of stuff I didn't realize that just as none of us do we think that what happens at home happens in everyone's home until we go out in the world and realize <laughs> yeah. that it doesn't And then I went to school and trained as a forensic social worker, and I went into that field for a long time. So it was quite a leap mm -hmm. in the sense that I was, first of all, not having a job. And secondly, that I went from forcing myself on people, basically, and forcing people to have conversations with me to people contacting me and saying they wanted to talk to me about the very things that I used to have to talk about before, sexual abuse, domestic violence, addiction, all kinds of things. But in my mid-20s, I was working in forensics. I had massive adrenal fatigue, and I was either having just enough to pay my bills every month or not quite enough to pay my bills. Mm. And I knew that no matter how much of a very tiny raise I would get every few years, that I would never get out of that cycle. And I thought, oh my goodness, if I have to live this way for the next 40 years until I retire, this is what hell is. This has got to be what everyone refers to. That yeah. This is not me. And I didn't even really think of myself as money-driven It just, I did not like living for the weekends and I did not like Sunday night dread and Monday morning dread, but I also didn't know that there was a job out there for me. And I started meeting people that were doing this as a business and I thought, huh, 
I better start going to these meetings that these aliens go to. That's what it felt like. Like I was learning from aliens and they were speaking this foreign language to me. <laughs> and I was attending these networking events. Like what happens at these networking events? But it was so good for me because I got to learn the lingo and I got to see that the way we show up in a job is very different than how we show up as entrepreneurs and so it was great for me to see that, oh, I didn't have to wait for someone to create a job for me. I could create a job for myself, essentially, you know, doing what I love. And even at that, I still had to take the leap and trust that the net would catch me. There's never really a perfect, I mean, there's times that are not so great to start a business for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's never really a perfect time. And so at some point you have to just kind of take the plunge and treat it like an adventure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, taking the plunge following that inner compass that we all have. Mm -hmm. Today, you've been doing this for the past 15 years, right? And Mm -hmm. you've been helping over 30,000 souls. Tell us more. Yeah, that's just who I've had private sessions with. (laughs) I was just thinking, if if I was your client and I would come to you and say, Jennifer, what is my sole purpose? What What would you say I needed to do? Well, I wouldn't say you needed to do anything. I would be tuning in intuitively and connecting in with your soul's blueprint to find out what your purpose is. But I'd also want to make sure you were ready to hear it because people get very nervous about these kind of sessions because once you hear something, you can't unhear it. It doesn't mean you have to follow it. It just means that that's always going to gnaw at you if you know, because people always say to me, oh yeah, I knew that, or that sounds right, or oh my goodness, I had a feeling that was my purpose. Hmm. And I don't know anything about them. So it's not like I'm, yeah. you know, <laughs> reading their bios and then giving them the information. But one of the things that really trips us up with our purpose is that we go into searching mode. And searching is all about finding something outside of us and finding yeah. something in the future. Yeah. And both of those things make us feel less empowered. We definitely feel less empowered when we get answers from anyone else but ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we feel less empowered when we're in the future because the future is unknown. And if we hang out in the unknown too long, we shift from fear to anxiety. And sometimes we can even shift into panic to the point that we freeze and we stay in a state of inertia for a really long period of time because the fear has that much of a grip on us. Yeah. I think most people can relate to that. We talk a lot about mm-hmm. um, the change makers and in our normal boxes movement and the book, the story of boxes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We talk a lot about being, <laughs> you know, this behavior, this reaction, this automatic reaction that probably at one point was really needed way back when that we needed to be aware of, is this a friend or is this a foe or am I going to be eaten if I do this or whatever the initial need for our behavior came up, we put ourselves and we place ourselves and we place others into boxes. And I'm just thinking when you're talking about people saying, being ready to hear what their purpose is, what their sole purpose is, Do you see that when we're not ready for that, I guess that's what I'm probably trying to say here. Would you say that you're then in a bad box and you're a little bit maybe resisting the, what you already know? Yeah, I think it's like anything, you know, up until a few years ago, I was single and I chose to be single for a long time and people made all kinds of assumptions about what must be going on with me or 
-hmm. you know, how lonely I must have been or any kind of things, right? And yeah. it, that really wasn't the case. I was having a great time enjoying my own company and doing a lot of traveling. And I knew eventually I'd get to a place where I would invite someone in to share my life with me, but I, I had a great life. And I knew I didn't want to put any thoughts out there until I was truly ready because I'm such a quick manifester as I'm sure everyone listening is, right? We know that our thoughts nowadays just become reality so quickly yeah. that I didn't even want to put any energy towards that. And so with respect to purpose, I don't think it's good, bad, or otherwise. I just think that with anything in life, we are in pre-contemplation mode until we finally shift into I'm ready mode and I've decided mm -hmm. to be ready mode. And when we decide, whenever that is, um, that's when the magic happens. But as long as we're in pre-contemplation, all any kind of information that's directing us towards the path that we're considering at some point in the future is going to it's going to feel, I don't know, kind of wobbly, or it's even going to be unwelcome. Right? We're just not ready for it. What would you say to someone who feels like they are getting closer to being ready? You know how it is. You know, you're starting to notice that you're getting, you know, you're starting to Google more about the topic. You're starting to look out for it. But you might, overall, you feel like, yeah, I do need to do this one day, you know, that thing. One day I'm going to go and, and contact Jennifer for a session. What would you say, what would be your advice to them at this point when you're in that point in your life? I would say doing research, you know, yeah. figuring out who do you admire and either reading their biography or maybe following their blog or following them on social media or something like that, just to get a feel for how are they showing up in the world? What do I like about how they're showing up in the world? How would I do it differently? And just be in a place of curiosity because at some moment, something's going to click. The switch mm -hmm. is going to go off when we're exposed enough to people that are doing things that we want to do. And then we'll just find in our consciousness that there's a shift and all of a sudden we'll be ready. But we really can't force readiness. People think that you can. I don't really believe you can. I believe that we can decide and we can decide as quickly as we choose to. But the decision has to be heartfelt. It can't just be sort of, you know, <laughs> a hollow statement that we're making, just, you know, mm -hmm. just throwing it out in the universe. We have to really believe in it. Yeah, I agree with you on that one for sure. So for many people who are maybe where you were at at the time and yourself when you discovered you already knew and you, you started to do mm -hmm. what you love to do uh often it has to do with uh being able to sustain yourself like financial reasons that you keep on mm -hmm. doing the day-to-day -day job and reading mondays and all of that so i know that you've been working on helping people releasing money blocks Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What would you advise people to to do to get rid of those money blocks? Money blocks is the new term for me. The first, I actually just created a new masterclass on that because it's such a prevalent thing and people, purpose and money are so tied in together because we do need the resources to live our purpose and we can also feel guilty about receiving those resources to live our purpose. It's yeah. especially when things come so natural to us. It's very easy for me to help people figure out what their hidden jackpots are, what their blocks are, how to clear it all, how to have them, you know, help them have aha moments and 
and have them go and celebrate out in the world and do their thing. That's just something I've done my whole life. So initially it felt kind of weird to be compensated for that because I would actually pay to do it. I just love doing it so much. And, um, but we, we do have different blocks and one of the biggest ones is self-worth, right? We have to feel worthy of living our purpose. We have to feel worthy of being compensated for our purpose. And we also have to feel deserving. And although they sound like they're the same thing, they are slightly different, right? We can know our worth. We can know what our hourly rate should be or what, what we should charge for our products or whatever. It's another thing to feel deserving of receiving that. So that's the starting place is to really just get a handle and tune in intuitively and say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how worthy do I feel of X and how deserving do I feel of X? And then what am I going to seek out? What am I actively going to do or who am I going to mentor with or what classes am I going to take? What books am I going to read, et cetera, that are going to help balance that out? Because when the deserving and the self-worth thresholds, I'll call them, are really high, we feel way more confident about doing things and we're far less likely to hold ourselves back because our cups feel full. Mm-hmm. Wow. On the scale to share the 10, how worthy am I of being, having all the wealth in the world or sustain myself? Mm-hmm. So whatever the question would be. Yeah. Really taking your pulse and looking, raising your awareness towards your own worthiness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Very time I don't have the, the volume of sales that I expect to have, for example, if I'm launching a particular program, yeah. I always check in on that and I say, okay, well, how worthy do I feel of sharing this with the world and how deserving do I feel of receiving for sharing this with the world? It's usually a receiving muscle. We tend mm-hmm. to have, for those of us that are in service-based businesses, we are pretty good experts at giving. We're not yeah. so great at receiving and yeah. so it's typically that muscle. So that's just my cue to do the inner work that I need to do or to go hire a mindset coach or whatever I need to do for me to shift that. It's not about the numbers and it's not about the money and the signups. It's just about the fact that that's a signal to me that something in me is ready to shift. Hmm. Watching the signal, there's something in within me that is ready to shift. Jennifer, that is so beautiful. Where can, I know that all information about you and about your business and how to contact you is on our show notes, but just for the record, where should our audience go when they want to know more about Jennifer? Well, I think if we want to have more of a money conversation, then going to souljourneys.ca forward slash divine dash compensation would be a great place to start. I also Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time on Facebook. I have a group called the Purpose Posse, which is helping entrepreneurs scale their spiritual business. So that's also another great place to find me. I probably spend a little bit too much time there, but (laughs) that's a great way to stay in touch. (laughs) Great way to stay in touch. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for your insights. It's so worth it for us all. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a lot of fun. Thank you.